0: Any way you feel fit. Dear God, that you will illuminate your word to us and that you will speak to us individually. Thank you in the name of Jesus. So, um, last week, last week, we, talked, we asked, What is prayer? And we established that prayer is something very necessary in the lives of Christians, it's like our lifeblood. This week, we're going to talk about the foundation of prayer. And we're just going to quickly go through a couple different point, different items. And one of them is, what does Scripture say are the reasons to pray? What does Scripture say about our prayers? And the second one is, how do we apply prayer in our individual lives? The reasons we pray are numerous. But we're just going to discuss a few, because we don't have time to discuss them all. So you get the idea that all of the things we pray about should be covered in scripture, and they are. If we're praying about them because we really are seeking God, they're usually covered in scripture. So point one, we can bring our request to God anytime. Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. It's a New Living translation. So first and foremost... The most important prayer we pray in our life is salvation. Romans ten, eight and 9. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10 says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, And with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. That's what the prayer of salvation is. You believe it, so you express it out loud. You pray about salvation, and you're saved. Very simple. We pray for healing. James 5.14 says, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Psalms 30, verse 2 says, Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. There are many more scriptures about healing. And if you're really interested, a really interesting thing to do sometime is to do a word study. And you get a concordance if you have a study Bible or you go to Blue Letter Bible or Bible Gateway and you type in heal, healing, healed. And they'll give you all the scriptures on healing. Healing is biblically based. It takes place in scripture. And it's an interesting way to study sometimes. When I was going through chemotherapy a really long time ago, I memorized and often prayed the portion of Psalms 103, 1 to 5. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with life and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed as the eagles. Because, you know, something happens when we bring Scripture into our prayer life. Something really amazing happens. It raises our faith. We pray Scripture, we know that God has said it. It raises our faith. We know we're not asking for something he can't do or he won't do or he hasn't done before. And so, although we don't have to remind God what he said, when we remind ourselves what God said, it does something to us. The next thing is we pray for direction and guidance. Isaiah 48, 17 and 18. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. Oh, that you had heeded my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. It's God's desire that we seek him. It's God's desire to ask him about direction and purpose. And then it's our responsibility to follow his direction. It kind of works that way. Psalms um, 37, 23 says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. John ten twenty seven says, "My sheep hear my voice; I know them, and they follow me." You know the one thing about following somebody uh, with their voice, or just following them, because you have to be close enough to hear them. You have to be close enough to see them, because sheep aren't really very smart. I, you know, the Lord compares us to sheep a lot, and <laughs> and um, sheep aren't very smart. And I read a book one time where the guy went did an analogy of, of Christians and sheep. And, and he was saying that if, if one of the sheep that has a prominent position in the little flock gets spooked and he runs off a cliff, chances are if you can't get to him in time, most of the flock will run off the cliff. I thought, well, how like us does that sound? You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so we have to be close to the shepherd if we're going to get the right directions. If we're going to hear his voice and follow him, we have to be close. We pray for wisdom. James 1.5 says, if you ask wisdom, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. I think that's really good because I need wisdom a lot. And God's wisdom is so much better than my wisdom. And he says he doesn't even mind when we ask him. That's what he's there for. We pray for peace. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Whenever I read that verse, I think that was my husband's favorite verse because he said before he was saved, he used to worry and he would be anxious and he'd lay in bed at night thinking about the future or the family or whatever. And he said what he realized after he was saved is that us Christians are so lucky because we don't have to worry. Because you, you shouldn't worry. You just give it to God. And he loved woodworking. And in his shop, out in the garage, he had this little sign. And it said, Jesus never panics. And I thought, but I do <laughs> sometimes. But, you know, we don't surprise God. We don't do so. I mean, the day doesn't happen. And God goes, wow, I didn't see that one coming. I better fix this. Because we don't have to. He has it under his control. Psalms 29.11 says, The Lord gives strength to his people, and the Lord blesses his people with peace. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. God's peace, not our peace. We can't look for peace in the world. The government isn't going to fix it. We're not going to have peace. But we can have a peace that's so anchored in our soul that in the middle of a storm, we have peace because that's what God promises. We pray for provision. Psalms 23.1 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Matthew 6.11 says, give us this day our daily bread. Philippians 4, 9 says, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I use so many scriptures to show you that all the areas of our life and many more, all the things that we need, we want, we desire, they're covered in scripture. God already has them right here. We don't have to look for new revelation. The Holy Spirit will make this alive to us if we study it. And when we pray, when we pray what the Bible says, it does truly build our faith. And it connects us to know that God has already said it. But we need to pray and ask. We need to come and worship in worship and thanksgiving to a good and gracious God. Pour out your heart to God. I mean, like last week I used a, a version of the Bible where it says, come and argue with me. I mean, he doesn't mind. Pour out your heart. You hurting? Tell him why. Pour out your fears, your wants, your needs, your concerns. Give him a chance to answer. Let it, Listen for his answer. Give him a chance to change things, to heal your broken heart, to fulfill your dreams, to give you rest, because that's what he wants. Point two, come to him in thanksgiving and praise. That's really important. Psalms 104 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. So, you know, we need to be thanking God. We need to be praising him just for who he is. So there's a lot of moms out here and young moms, you go to a birthday party of a little kid and they're opening all these presents and they're all excited and what's the mom doing? Say thank you. (laughs) Tell them thank you. And then when you're old enough, your mom tells you, write them a note, tell them thank you. Because we can be thankful for things given to us, but look what God has given us. There are big things in our life that we can think back on and say, I thank God for my healing, or I thank God for this, or for intervention. But you know, there are things in your life you don't see. Every single day, God is with you and he's directing and he's stopping things from happening, and he's blessing you. If we walked around in a permanent state of thanksgiving and praise, it would be warranted because we, we belong to a really good God. And we need to do that. We need to give thanks, especially during our prayer time, and we need to praise him. But anytime time during the day, if you just feel overwhelmed, you can just thank God because obviously he's doing something and so that, that brings us to um, our second item we're going to talk about, but also point three. We are his, and he loves us. Psalms 100 verse 3 says, acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. He bought us. He paid for us. We accepted that. We made a contract, if you want to put it in those terms. We belong to him. And we don't belong to him like a slave, but he loves us, and he's ours, and he wants to take care of us. So how do we practice all this when we enter into our own personal prayer life? As I mentioned last week, the simple definition of prayer is talking to God. It's a conversation. So working on that premise, it's got to be based on the fact that we need to have a relationship with God. We're going to start by talking about relationship the way we understand it best, our personal relationships, because having a relationship with God is not that much different than having a relationship with a friend, a colleague, a spouse, or your bestie. There's different levels of relationship. When we talk about, what we talk about and what we accept input from them depends on the level of your friendship. And it depends on what their commitment is to you and your trust level into them. You're not going to go to just a colleague and pour out your deepest fears and secrets and, you know, just ask them for their advice on these just overwhelming problems you feel. You're not going to go to a casual acquaintance and do that. I would not pour out my heart and worries and fears to just anybody that I met or knew. But with my spouse, I used to. With my best, with my close friends and family, I do. I've been known to um, cry, complain. My sister helped me add to this list. I was reading this to her. I've been known to cry, complain, gripe. You know, seek advice, ignore advice, (laughs) ask for favors. But mainly you want to be listened to by somebody who cares about you who actually isn't just like, why are they telling me this? Because communication flows out of relationship. And as I grow in my relationship with God by spending time with him and reading his word and listening to him, my relationship will grow and my prayer life will change. I have found that the more time you spend with God, the less you ask for. And the more you listen and worship because you realize that God knows you and you know him. You pray for situations and you pray for people, and that's all true and that's all okay. We already have seen a lot of that. But it's not the same as taking out your list and saying, I want this, I want that, do this for me, bless me, do this, and bye, I'm in a hurry. Because as we grow in our relationship, We want to be with him. We want to be in his presence. Our prayer life changes as we get to know God. We start to pray scripture knowing he hears us and knowing he will answer, having an absolute knowledge and trust that God will answer. I have found that many of the things that I used to ask for when I think back to my younger years, especially teenage years and early 20s, That his word has already told me about. I used to go like, I wonder if I could do that. I wonder if that's okay, you know. I wonder if I should do that. (laughs) And um, as I matured in my walk, I realized that most of the things that I asked about were already covered in scripture. And if I was asking about them in that way, I probably shouldn't even be thinking of doing them anyway. But, um, you know, God knows us. But he's already given us so much information that he's not going to tell us something that contradicts what he's given us. He will change everything if we let him. You know, later in our series, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit in prayer. And I'm not going to talk about it now. But when you introduce the Holy Spirit into your prayer life, that'll change your prayer life. Because then it brings it to a whole different level. So, as we mature in our relationship, our prayer life will mature in its expression and complexity. One of the things we're going to talk about, like I said, is the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about other ways, other ways that prayer manifests things in our lives. The next point is one I think is important there's no formula to prayer, there's not these rules of prayer. If you look up, I, looked, I did this just to see what it said. I looked up Prayers for Peace in Google, and it gave me different references, and it had a whole list of scripted prayers that you could use. It said, when you're afraid of this, you can pray this. But you know what? Those prayers might have sounded better than I do, but God doesn't care about that. He wants to hear from me in my words. He wants to have me come to him. I think God wants to hear from you personally, individually, because as we approach God and pray, we base it on our personality. We're all going to be different. We're all going to pray different. Some people are very solemn. Some people, you know, pray quietly. Some people get really riled up. Some people walk around when they're praising the Lord. Some people don't. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be eloquent. You just have to be sincere. Because God made us. He knows He knows um, what we're like. <laughs> we're all different. He made us different. He made you to be you. He made me to be me. God doesn't change. In Malachi 3.6, it says, I am the Lord. I will not change. But we do. We change. We grow. We can approach in our own personality and attributes with the knowledge that he's the one who gave them to us. We don't have to pretend to be different than we are. He loves us and understands us. After all, he designed us. And I started to say he created us, but you know, it was more than that. He designed us. He had these little blueprints out, you know, and we're all different. Psalms 139, 13 says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I see God doesn't change, as I told you, but I do when I spend more time with him. I will change the things I pray about most, and I will change my approach to God. I will enter into a closer relationship because I know him. You know, I have this little three, three three-and-a-half-year-old grandniece, and I was up there a couple of weeks ago, and she's got this uh, Doc McStuffins little box. I said that last night, and they all looked at me like, who's that you know so then I had to explain so anyway Doc McStuffins you know is a she plays veterinarian and her little animals come to life when she treats them so she's got this little stethoscope my little niece does and she walks around she puts it on the dog and she tries to put it on the cat who's not as cooperative and she comes up to you but she's discovered that if she puts her head on you she can hear your heart and the, when I was up there, she laid her head on my chest, and she goes, can I listen to you? And I said, okay. So she goes, I hear your heart. And I said, yeah. And she goes, goes thump, thump, thump. And I, I said, okay. But, you know, have you ever felt that way with God? When you're with God and you're in your quiet time, have you ever just thought, God, I want to hear your heart? I want to feel your breath. I want to feel your arms. I just want to be in your presence. I just want to hear you. Because as we come and we spend time with him, that's the feeling we have. I just want to be with you. I want to hear. Let me hear your heart. Let me know your thoughts. Lord, just be here with me. C.S. Lewis said, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time. Waking and sleeping, it does not change God. It changes me. And you know what I'd really like you guys to do this week is those of you who have a really consistent prayer life, try taking it to a new level. Look up some scriptures that fit your problems and situations. Pray those into it. If you don't have a consistent prayer life, start one. Just start one. You don't have to think of a zillion things to say. Just come to your Father And just sit there. Listen for his heartbeat. Think about him. Let him know. He already knows you. Let him reveal himself to you. So thank you.